Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Cologne Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Ryan. And we're just two best friends going on a journey, smelling stuff, giving you uneducated opinions on it. Yeah. Today is a special episode. I've wanted to do this episode for a little while. It's a cheaper fragrance. It's to, you know, 99.9% of people out there, it's not going to be a special fragrance, but it is to me uh, because this is what my grandmother wore. And I've hinted in the past, (laughs) we were not the most wealthy of people. And so this fragrance fragrance is probably a $15 fragrance, but you would think it cost five or 600 bucks the way she wore it because she would only wear it, you know, if she went to church or yeah. something like that, she rarely put it on except for a special occasion. She was like that with everything, special soaps. If somebody spent 10 bucks on a soap that was shaped like a rose, yeah. you know, they were just raised in a different time when stuff was very scarce and luxuries like that they held on to and rarely used. So I feel like this is the same way. I just wanted to do an episode, smell it, reminisce, and kind of pay respect to, as this goes live, it'll be on the fourth anniversary of her passing. So this was just an interesting scent memory that I had um, that I wanted to share with you guys and also just say like, fragrances are not just about attracting other people. They're not just about persuasion and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But also, when you have such a strong signature scent, uh, you're going to leave a lasting memory. And I know, at least for me with my grandmother, that this was one of them. Yeah. And so, I think that's important. And I think we highlighted on the episode as well. Cool. Let's hit it up. Oh, you you want me to hit it up first? Yeah, go for it. Oh, Wind Song by Prince Machabelli. Kind of a cool old school bottle look, man. Yeah, this thing's been around for a minute. Yeah, okay. So, my friend Scott and Hannah, who do my tattoos over in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, he was telling me that they went to, I think it was Loretta Lynn's house. Yeah. And they let you explore the rooms. And in her bedroom, there is an unopened box of this, but everyone says when they walk in, they can smell it. Oh, I can tell you right now, it is definitely pretty loud. Ooh, I can, yeah. (laughs) Wow. You know, and not to compare it because they don't smell the same, but it has that bright, loud, kind of aldehydic, I guess, kind of vibe that Georgia Beverly Hills. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. Kind of, it doesn't smell how, like that. It's just how loud and kind of airy it is. Yeah, it's just real powdery. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it smells kind of like hairspray a little bit. Yeah. It's like a good smell, though. Yeah. When I smell it, it's all, I feel like it's almost like could be unisex. Yeah. But it definitely is floral. When I smell it, I instantly remember her. Yeah. And, um, and smelling it on her. It's a good fragrance. I mean, it takes me back a little bit, too. You know, I wasn't raised around her, but it takes me back just kind of thinking of my elders, generally how they wore fragrances. Yeah. I just feel like a lot of stuff we smell today, modern stuff, is too scared to be loud like this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of like the dragon I chase all my life because I grew up (laughs) on that kind of vibe, you know? Yeah. But that era of people, they dress so much better than we do now. They took pride in themselves and they just the it comes across because this is like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> right. You know, it's the reason why we have 
that kind of southern saying your sunday's best because you know whenever people would dress up when they were presenting themselves or trying to show respect to wherever they were going Mm -hmm. they dressed as best as they could you know yeah and it was an elevation to see how my grandmother dressed for church and how she smelled for church compared to what she dressed in at the house were completely different i mean she had like suit jackets and (laughs) you know like she had really nice outfits yeah she would never wear only on Sundays. Even if she went to town, she had more dressed down stuff and these were just those. But every Sunday, it was her very best, you know? We rarely have situations that would do that. That's why I enjoyed Italy so much was like we had these kind of events we'd go to and I'd like dress better than I probably ever had. (laughs) Like I said, I did look like an English teacher, but they just, every Sunday, that's just what they, you know, they did. Yeah. And that would mean putting on perfume and, you know, my grandmother never wore makeup except for when she went to church, she would actually wear makeup and yeah, it's me, wild, man. Let me get off subject a little bit, but on the same subject as your grandmother here, what was one of your favorite meals she ever made that you can just remember? Okay. There's two. Okay. For my birthday, I would always want chicken spaghetti. Okay. I don't know. That's got to be a popular thing, at least nationwide. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but uh, she made a killer chicken spaghetti. And then she would make a special breakfast. And I think this is definitely a Southern thing, but it's biscuits and chocolate gravy. You've told me this. I have not had chocolate gravy. Oh, man. Okay. So, (laughs) it's just like a chocolate syrup, but a gravy consistency. God damn. You know? And so, she'd make- homemade butter biscuits and then just hit it with that chocolate gravy and that's that's all it was and she'd always say this was your daddy's favorite meal you know (laughs) i mean everything she cooked was incredible that's why i'm a a chunky lover over here but (laughs) but uh i mean those were the meals that like i remember just being kind of a special thing but she was very good about making every meal kind of a special thing as well that was her love language like that's how you could tell if she was excited yeah. About family coming over or something. It was always like she was cooking and then she made you eat like two or three helpings of it. And <laughs> that was her, you know. God, was she like this? Uh, I know my grandmother was like this, but like we grew up in an era right before cell phones were really a thing. So the only way you got a hold of people was a landline, period. Yeah. I know you lived with her predominantly most of your life and were raised by her more than going to visit and travel to her. Right. Yeah. But it, uh, it was like even whenever I lived with my dad, I was still there every weekend, yeah. you know, and then I would just stay weeks at a time and eventually moved in with her. But when she would know you were coming, she'd probably have meals waiting for you every now and then. There were a few things she knew I really loved and she was great at timing when to cook those as a way to yeah. boost morale or, <laughs> or soften the blow of a bad day. Yeah. You know, <laughs> she was really good about that. She would always say like home should be a soft place to land yeah. because you would go out and the world is rough and the world kicks your ass. Mm-hmm. And then you come, you know, the wings are on fire. <laughs> you've lost a couple engines and then you've got a soft place to land over here. You know, that's how she saw it. And so anybody that showed up, there was always a meal ready for them. Yeah. You know, she was always making it to where if you came to Nanny's house, y- you were in for a good time. You know? <laughs> yeah, something about them old schoolers, man. They, <laughs> I'm telling you, they could plan a meal 
it would just be ready. I don't yeah. know how to explain it. I'm terrible at this. You know, I think me and you both, we, as much as we love to eat and cook, yeah, I, I still am not as proficient as how, like my grandmother, she knew I was coming. Yeah. Like when I got there, she knew my favorite thing was French toast. And so yeah. It would just be ready to go. Yeah, for sure. It wouldn't <laughs> matter what time either. Yeah, if no. it was like, I'm coming in, I'm coming in from Denton or something. And, yeah. you know, I'm, you know, nanny, I'll be there at 11 p.m. Yeah. Uh, there'd be food waiting for me when I Hot. got there. Hot food. Like, she just made it. Exactly. She got up and made it. You know? Again, way before cell phones, it's like they knew how to plan something. They, they know, oh, he's going to take two hours to get here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. She would talk to me about how they did produce. Yeah. She grew up, and that's how her family made money. So, she can remember as a kid, her parents, horse and buggy. Hmm. driving produce to town that's crazy stuff like that yeah because she was born in the 20s yeah she was born 60 years before i was born god bless so she's seen some things yeah she went from seeing horse and buggies and outhouses to computers that fit in your pocket and internet traveling through the air yeah you know (laughs) insane what a wild life that is such a huge jump yeah. I feel like in many ways, I grew up in a different era yeah. because of spending so much time with them and it just not being a thing. We just, we didn't have, I mean, I can remember watching black and white TVs before yeah. they got a color TV. It took forever for them to get a flat screen. Yeah. Forever. I was an adult, mm-hmm. you know, it's wild, man. <laughs> we, I mean, we never had the internet and it rarely had cable TV. I think yeah. that was in college that they got that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's just wild, dude. Tube TVs for forever. God, do you remember like going to go to the front of an old TV and you could feel the static on it? Yeah, it's probably like yeah. nuclear radiation or something. <laughs> yeah, probably. You could feel that. Like I was yeah. trying to explain it to my kids the other day. I was like, there was something, even your TV experience was something textile. Yeah. Yeah. You could, you could feel it. It was tangible because it was an analog technology. There yeah. was no digital anything. Uh-uh. It's a trip, man. It was. In many ways, I have such fond memories of it because it felt like, I don't know, it just feels like a hug. Yeah. Like, I feel like the certain digital aspects of our, the way we live now is really good at like putting distance between each other. It is 100%. And there was something about that. And and part of it was how I grew up and how I just experienced like Sunday, everybody's coming over. Yeah. Everybody's close. Everybody's eating. I feel once she died, she was the glue that held our family together. Yeah. Once she passed away, I felt like I lost all of my family because then there was no reason for everybody to come together anymore. Yeah. And that was a tough blow. Yeah. I think that's something that happens to literally everybody to some yeah. degree at some point. You wonder who's going to step in and fill those kind of shoes. And it is, it's hard. And we know how busy life is now just to survive. Right. And so I feel like it could just be shame on us, but I know how terrible we can be about not doing as much as they did for us is kind of how i feel yeah and i don't know if that's just the world difference you know how it was then versus now but yeah it's easy to justify both sides of it and it's only you only feel regret when you have to look back on it once i had kids and my grandmother was getting up in age i would use the excuse and it's because i would see my cousins would come over and visit my grandmother and they could have a small head cold and then it would turn into double pneumonia for her yeah and so so anytime the kids had a sniffle or something 
I would go like, man, I don't want to take them around Nanny because, you know, no. it could. But then I look at so many times that I kept myself from seeing her no. because I had this excuse or that excuse. We make these excuses. Then you look back on it and go, fuck, I lost so much time. No. And it's like at the time you didn't go, I'm not prioritizing. It was just like you had all these good intentions that still damned if you do, damned if you don't sort of a thing. No. You know, so I don't want this to be a downer of an episode. <laughs> but, you know, if I could say to the listener, it's like, yeah, sometimes it's good to just slow down. And even if it's difficult, put in the effort to maintain those human connections with people whom you love and who love you because it's so important. It's everything. And you don't realize how valuable it is until you can no longer access it yeah i guess around christmas time i reached out to a family member they know who they are and we were just like why are we so fucking dumb yeah we didn't have a wedge of negative just a wedge of like we're just too busy right they're like i you know i want to be able to hang out more and you know be around family more it's like i want to too let's do it why are we being dumb let's stop you know <laughs> right yeah but I mean, it is, it happens. I, I don't know if it's just the pressure of anxiety of our, our modern day of just, we got to go. Yeah. Everything's delivered within a few seconds. I mean, now you can get, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, everything's got to be fast. Everything's got to go. Don't have time to sit around. But really, sometimes it is good to take a break. Take a break from social media. Take a break from us. Go enjoy your family. Don't take a break from us. <laughs> Share us with your family. <laughs> I do want to talk on this fragrance a little bit more. And you guys already know us. We're not about the notes. We're not going to sit here. And, and this is not what this is about to break down this fragrance and tell you exactly what yeah. it is. Because I'm not going to tell anybody to go out and buy this, to give this as a gift. It was just that it was a fragrance in my life. But, it, you know, whenever I smell it, it just smells like a strong soapy smell right now. Yeah. When you first spray it, I think that hairspray smell is just that fact that it's really cheap. Yeah. Because I think I spent 13 bucks buying this on Amazon. <laughs> just smells very clean. You know, I'm sure a lot of fragrances lean that way back then, especially female fragrances. It's not as overpowering and obnoxious like I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It is very soapy, clean. It's fresh. It's easy. It's a trip, man. I think the bottle design, I mean, obviously, it's- Very classy. It's, it is like classy. It. It's it, dated a little bit, but it is still classy. I, I kinda, love it. Yeah, I kind of like it. I mean, the cap is like this- really thin metal but it's not plastic i mean the atomizer is definitely plastic but i like the little emblem little green emblem on it yeah it's like a crest has like a <laughs> the clive christian crown on it yeah. you know? <laughs> well let me ask this this is the more important question i was going to ask but for the listeners what is a story you'd love to tell about your grandmother that speaks volumes to maybe her character could be a serious story or happy, funny. I don't care. What's something you really want to leave with the listeners, but also put it out there in the aether of this was your grandmother and this was her time spent on earth. This is reminiscence of her. There's a couple of things. I forget what it was. I think it was a random sample bag episode that okay. we did. And it was a, a Zerzhoff fragrance. Okay. And it's called like Amalfi something. Okay. I was telling about this story where I stole a piece of candy. Yeah, we're going on this fishing trip, and on the way there, I stole this piece of candy. And then we get out, and I sneak off to eat it. And basically, I stole it because, again, 
just so broke <laughs> that it was like she was like you can't have this specific piece of candy i bought juicy fruit we're gonna share it for everybody yeah. you know because we were saying the fragrance smell like juicy fruit and so we get out there i sneak off and i'm eating this candy my sister goes and rats on me yeah, like, she wanted a piece she wanted like, a piece and i, mm-hmm. I wouldn't give it to her uh-uh. <laughs> So my grandmother finds out and drives us all the way back to the store, makes me tell the guy behind the counter what, you know, some high school kid, <laughs> what I did. I'm crying. I think I'm about to go to jail, you know, so I'm young. Yeah. And that was her favorite story to tell about me. I think because it really impacted me in such a good way. Yeah. It made me go, no matter what, I've got to be honest. And you've seen this whenever we work with people in business. Oh, Sometimes yeah. I'm just like, I'd rather take the hit. Let's yeah. just leave it to where we take the burden instead of them. You yeah. know, I'm just like that. And I think a lot of it had to do with that. So she loved to tell that story. But something I would say about her that maybe she wouldn't say that I really saw at the end of her life, yeah. it really hit me hard, is that my grandfather was just a very, very brutal brutal man. He was a terrible human and he did countless terrible acts and like I won't go into it here. But my grandmother refused to divorce him. Yeah. She would not because she was so religious that she felt like letting God down would be far worse than letting anyone else down. So she stayed in that. But at the end of her life and uh, she would never tell anybody else this. But the, I think the one lesson I took from her in that moment was to see how much she went through no. because she loved her family so dearly. And um, she sacrificed her own happiness for everybody For decades. Else. Yeah. For everyone else. No. And um, she, she never showed anybody that until she showed me the last time that I saw her. And I could see she could at that point, she couldn't even speak words. You know, she was pretty gone, but she was just shaking her head and crying. And it had been a couple of visits that kind of built up to that, that we had kind of been talking. She was slowly kind of telling me. But I just think that if I could say anything about my grandmother, it would be that that she loved so hard everyone so much that she was she was more worried about what it would do to everyone else that she sacrificed for 60 something years no i mean i think that's a very commendable trait quality i know it's easy for people to point during anybody's situation to get out or leave or something like that but there are real consequences to other people besides just her or him yeah and part of me was like i think she kind of regretted some of that at times too yeah she realized that maybe some of the stories that she was telling herself, if I did this thing, if I divorced him, that it would let all these people down as well. And I think she realized that everyone loved her so much that they really just wanted to see her get away from it. In there is that story too. If we could all just be transparent and communicate with one another and support one another in a way that there wouldn't be stories like that either. Yeah. Where people just knew that you were going to love them and support them, even through the darkest part, rather than go, hey, you need to pick yourself up by your bootstraps. You need to be better and just go, I'm here for you no matter what. And then maybe life wouldn't have been like it was for her. We talk about it a lot off air. We talk about how kind of silly humans are, right? (laughs) 
Yeah. And a sense of like how we can't be open and vulnerable about certain things to where it really leads to just more problems. Yeah. The thing that I love, and I actually was talking about this, and we'll end on this. Go ahead. The thing that I love about you and I is that, you know, now that I lost my grandmother, my closest family is obviously my nuclear family, my kids and everything. But then also you, and you've become very much like a brother to me. Yeah, same. And I was at that dinner with Mo and George Zaharoff, and I forget what we got on, but they were saying some nice things about the podcast. And I went into this monologue (laughs) about your and my friendship. Yeah. And just talking about how life wouldn't be as good without such a genuine, honest friendship because we give each other shit on this podcast but we have cried together for sure we've gone through (laughs) hard times together we've lost money together (laughs) you know doing jobs everything we've gone through it and i just i know there's a lot of guys listening i just want to encourage you guys try to build some sort of relationship like that don't put yourself out on an island away from everybody because some of the greatest memories of my current life involve you ryan (laughs) and the things we do together and our friendship brings me so much joy and i just i was lucky that we had each other during losing my grandmother, also losing your mother because they were very close together. We had each other in that moment to where it's like, I know for us guys, we don't like for especially our immediate family to really see us kind of break down. And yeah. But we were able to kind of walk through that together. And those type of relationships are so important. And guys, if you're listening and gals too, you know, make sure that you have these connections with people that are true and honest and you can let your guard down. These aren't your friends that you put a smile on and you go out and you have drinks with. These are your friends that you don't have to put the smile on, yeah. that you don't have to pretend. Like you can be 100% you and they love you and they support you because you and and I have seen each other at our worst, (laughs) but at our best, we've always been beside each other as well. And part of why we've been our best was because we had that other person there, I feel like. No, I definitely agree, man. Yeah, I, we. Every, it's an everyday thing, but we'll get done here or wherever we're at. We get done with something, and it will always be like either him or me going, hey, yeah, yeah, we'll see you, see you tomorrow, man. Or, you know, and <laughs> yeah. then it's like literally 15 minutes on the road calling and going, hey, dude, I'm checking out this thing right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, literally, I called you probably four or five times a day. I'm like, dude, I swear it's the last time I'm going to call you. Um, let me just count the last <laughs> yeah. in the last two days how many times you called. You ready? Yeah. Well, it's 10 a.m. right now, and he's already called me four times, starting at 7 a.m. But yesterday, let's just see, two, four, six, eight, ten times yesterday, (laughs) we spent all day with each other. (laughs) He still called me ten times. And then there's no telling how many times I called you in return, so... I, we are best friends, and and I'm so proud of this, you know, this friendship. And that's what I was saying at that uh, that dinner. I was just going like, man, life is so good because I get to share it with people who really, really love me. Yeah, likewise. Okay, well. I don't know how this episode is going to be for those listening, but it was a moment for us. I, I knew that it would get raw and at times as much fun as we have, as much laughs as we have. I do want to be open and give a little bit of 
genuine Mike and Ryan to people to let them know who we are and a little bit more about who we are, you know? Yeah, I don't see nothing wrong with that at all. I think it's good. It's cathartic. Yeah. You know? So, there you go. All right. And until next time, (laughs) spray Spray it up, up, y'all.